Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ayers on the Road. Richard and Linda Ayer here. We're glad to be with you once a week and share some thoughts and let you know what's going on in our life and think about what might be going on in yours. And Linda, it's a little chilly this morning. Is fall coming? After sweltering this summer. Wow, we, (laughs) we were cooked. In fact, I think it was the hottest summer in the world all around the world in yeah, the history of the world I, I it think was so really and we did our part here but um As now you, it's cooling down you're right cooling down we got up today and isn't it interesting how about this time of year you get up some morning and you look out and something is different it's it's the slant of the light or or something that just tells you that fall is on the way and it's kind of a welcome it's kind of a welcome feeling. I always love autumn. It's such a... We used to always start our years. We, we, we had New Year's parties in September. That's when we made our resolutions for the coming year and everything, because everything coincides with kids going back to school. Right, yeah. But uh, I think this means we're going to see some beautiful leaves popping up next week, except that it's probably going to get hot again well, and they'll die. But here anyway. in the mountains in Park City it might be, but... As you long-term listeners know, the recurring theme, probably the most recurring theme of ours on the road is joy, that wonderful little three-letter word, J-O-Y. And some people, you know, I, I ran across someone the other day, Leonard said, I don't like the word joy. I said, what don't you like about the word joy? Well, it implies that life is supposed to be so happy all the time. And you know, there's so many problems and we're facing so many macro issues in the world right now with climate change and Afghanistan and all the things we're worried about. And how can, how can, why, why do we keep talking about joy? And I thought to myself, well, you need a broad definition of joy. Joy is not the same as happiness. Speak on that for a moment. <laughs> it is so true. I mean, joy is kind of an underlying thing, which... And, you know, not every day. I woke up this morning really worried about a lot of things with our kids. And I know everybody has those days when they really feel that um, there are some things happening that are beyond your control and there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to support whatever's happening. And, um, well, and maybe sometimes not support. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We should do a whole show sometime on on how you feel when you first wake up. Yeah. It'll be so interesting. Some mornings you wake up and there there's just a lot on your mind and you're just worried and other mornings you wake up feeling optimistic and I wonder if it has to do with what you dreamed about that night or you know cuz some mornings you just want to get up and tackle the world and other mornings you want to just stay in bed. <laughs> I I know. There was a time this summer we had a just an incredible summer and if those of you have been listening know but those of you who are new um, we have been up at Bear Lake but it's just been one thing after another every single morning we I, I did five fun little Grammy camps but they all with different configurations of little grandchildren and uh, before we had a baptism two, two of our children were baptized just before we uh, had a wedding <laughs> at <laughs> 
our place up there with 200 people just before we had a reunion um, with all of our 52 people at this time. And then, you know, just before they left for Oregon. It was crazy for trip, It was crazy. crazy. And I, I woke up a lot of mornings feeling dread, like... Almost Can dread. I yeah. get through this day. Oh my goodness, there's so much to do. And so there's the real question: Can can even dread be a part of the broader definition of joy? Yes. <laughs> now talk to me about that, honey. <laughs> well, I think you know it's so. Um, I mean, you know, we, we felt a lot of joy this last week. Those of you who listened to our last podcast, our our house was in the path of the Parley's Canyon fire. So. On an elementary level, joy for us this week is we still have our house. It didn't burn down. And sometimes just, you know, simple little, sometimes we we need something to shake us up to realize that we are happier than we know, or to realize how sad we would be if something didn't happen, like our house is still here or whatever. Right, or that there was a real problem with any of the kids. I mean, as far as health issues, you know, life-threatening health issues or anything like that. I mean, everything was beautiful, joyful experiences this summer. (laughs) Everything was so great. And yet it was so much pressure. There's so much pressure and so many things to uh, to do to make it, to pull it off, to make it happen. We've been reading a poem um, by Robert Frost, of all things, called The Trial by Existence, which is a poem he wrote early in his life that seems to imply that he believed in a pre-mortal life. But a lot of it is that the the underlying meaning is that it's the turmoil and struggle and the pressure and the obstacles and the problems that sort of combine to create joy. And that without those, there would be boredom. There would be, you know, some kind of uh, life would not be interesting. And it's almost as though joy in the deepest definition is the opposite of boredom. It's it's having challenges. It's having worries. It's having health issues. It's facing things and trying to overcome them. It's 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 sort of the positive interpretation of all the different things that happen in life. Well, but sometimes, honey, joy is just having a quiet evening at home. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, well, but, but the point is, would you appreciate that quiet evening at home if all you ever had was quiet evenings at home? You know, the thing, the reason I brought that, because we were just talking about it yesterday, we had a quiet evening at home. <laughs> a rare one. The first one for Night like three that. months. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. We we talked about it. It really is was so pleasant. But um, you know, the reason we had that phrase in our lives is because we heard a talk once by a woman, a magnificent woman. She was 90 years old. She was a survivor, survivor of the Holocaust. And uh, how horrendous all that was. And she said all she could think about while she was going through that horrible, torturous time was just a quiet evening at home. I mean, it would just be so great. So I guess what we're saying is in the positive interpretation of the word joy, where, where it's the encompassment of, of life with all its variety, um, you know, a quiet evening at home is joyful because it's rare and treasured because there's so many. And, 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 a, and a day without a lot of problems can be rare, especially for parents. I mean, our whole underlying theme always on this show is families and And 
what is the ultimate source of joy? Well, it's almost the same question as asking, what is the ultimate source of frustration or worry? It all comes back to our family, to our children, to our families, to our relationships. That's what causes all these emotions. And maybe joy is the sum total of them if we're able to put a positive interpretation on it. Right. Um, there, there are just so many complications of life. Um, I was thinking yesterday, I went on a hike um, <laughs> the first really strenuous hike since my <laughs> knee surgery. Well, in it was two the first years. day you'd had time to go. Right. And it really, it was up a really <clears throat> steep hill and then down a really steep hill. But I was listening to something, um, a book as I was going, and it's it's called How to Think About a Roman Emperor. Oh, How to Think Like a <laughs> like Roman a Emperor. Roman Emperor. <laughs> Um, <laughs> by a Scottish guy. It's really an interesting book. It is fascinating. Um, and it, it made me realize that joy ha has, and I hadn't thought about the word joy as I was doing it, but it has been with us since the beginning of time. I mean, all of the things that I was learning about what they were thinking in those days about how to hang, handle stress and how to, how to handle anger death. management and how to handle handle. handle <laughs> How to deal it. with death. How to deal with death. Um, it really has been the same because the the root, the seed of it really is comes from joy. And it really was fascinating to see that they knew this. They knew this. Well, all this, those years yeah, ago. this book, How to Think Like a Roman Empire, it's emperor. really this, uh, the Roman Emperor <laughs> is really the story of, of Marcus Aurelius, the the some people think the greatest of all the Caesars, and he was a Stoic. He was a practicer of the Stoic philosophy. And and it was like all of life can combine to create something far deeper than happiness, something that that we call joy. And you know, the book opens with him <clears throat> on his deathbed, and he's trying to contemplate death. He's having his medical doctors come in and explain to him in as much detail as possible what's going on inside of his body so that he can contemplate it. Even the pain, he can contemplate the pain and try to understand it in the broader context of what life is all about. And then we have this wonderful scripture in our in our own faith um, in the book of Second Nephi chapter 2 that says, Joy, it says essentially, joy is the purpose of life. It says, Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. And, and translated that meant men, meaning men became and women. Mortal. Men and women, Adam, meaning Adam and Eve. Right. So uh, I so, think of those as surnames now because he's talking to all of us. And then the fall, meaning, meaning we, we became... Eternal souls became mortal. Adam fell that men might be mortal. You could insert the word mortality. And men are mortal. We are here on this earth. We are in this physical existence that we might find joy. So what is this physical existence? You know, we came from this other place, like I was just reading in this Robert, Pro Robert Frost poem, of all things, that this trial by existence, his belief, his contemplation that we existed before this life 
as spirits, as souls, and that we came here to take on mortality, to take on this physical world with its issues and its pain and its problems and its relationships where we, as children of God, the only role we played before was we were children. Now we're parents. Now we're aunts and uncles. Now we're brothers and sisters. Now we're faced with life and all of its messiness and pain and problems and joy and exhilaration. And it, and it's all because it takes all those things to make up real joy. And if we, if we start thinking joy is just pleasure and pleasantness and the absence of problems, we're missing the whole point. Right. And it's really important to remind those around us of that. We <laughs> surround with a lot of um, messy stuff in life right now with our friends, with our family. We have a sweet lady that um, we've been kind of taking care of. Ministering to. Ministering to. And she um, has just fallen recently and has um, broken her the, her shoulder cap and she's had surgery on her other shoulder. And, and we're trying to help her through this really hard time. But... I, you know, I think what we need to do with her is remind her about the good things in her life because she's down right And now. that she can meet these challenges, you know. Right, and give her encouragement that she can, yeah. And, and we need to remind ourselves. We do it every day. We wake up like, like we did this morning, worried about this with one of our children, this with one of our grandchildren, this with one of the families, and one of the families contemplating another move, and all these things going on. And we just remind ourselves that's all part of this big thing called joy. And it is something more than happiness. I, I always come back to that little cool poem, and we'll just end this segment, and then we'll take a break and come right back. But think about this for a minute. Happiness is a thing of here and now. A bright leaf in the hand, the moment's sun, the fight accomplished, or the summit won. Joy lifts the heart like a bird. When things go well, happiness may start. But joy is secret smiling of the heart. We want to talk a little more about the difference between happiness and joy and how families are the center of this whole question. As you contemplate your own life. So hang on. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking about, guess what? <laughs> Joy. We talk about that quite a lot, and we feel that quite a lot, and there's an absence of that quite a lot. Um, we have to just keep rolling, uh, keep it rolling through our minds that that is what we're here for because there are some really tough things. Well, let me life. tell you something that Joseph Smith, the founder of our faith, and uh, something he said where he used the word happiness, but I think in, in the context we're talking about today, he, what he really meant was joy, this broader thing that involves pleasure and pain and, and victory and challenge and so on because he said this happiness is the purpose of life and it will be the end thereof if we follow the path that leads thereto. 
kind of interesting because you know there's a lot of contemporary philosophy that says well if you seek happiness you'll never find it and you know happiness is a byproduct of other things and so on and there's a lot of truth in that but it's interesting that Joseph Smith was more direct no happiness or joy is the purpose of life and it will be the end thereof if we follow the path that leads there too so the question is finding that path and understanding that that path is not a path of peace and joy and happiness and lilies and everything or the path going of well. least resistance yeah, yeah it it is the path that goes right through challenges and the biggest challenges we have are in our families the things that matter most to us are our relationships with other people and so on so and that which which leads to another interesting poem i i have a lot of these in my head because i just love the subject right um a, a woman a novelist we've mentioned her on the on the podcast before storm jameson not particularly well known but this one beautiful quote happiness question mark it is an illusion to think that more comfort brings more happiness true happiness comes of the capacity to think freely to feel deeply to enjoy simple to risk life to be needed those five mm, things. Wow. I just I just love that poem. I've heard that so many times, but it means something different every time you do one of those little couplets. And she's speaking of joy in this broad are, yeah. context. How do you get how does that just keep falling out of your mind? I just I don't well, I just love that I just love that phrase and it's the it's the idea that joy, you know, is all around us. But are we able to find it? And are we able to incorporate, are we able to find joy in something that, that seems like a problem or like a worry or like, gee, I wish that hadn't happened? How do we get into this idea, Linda? And, and you know, it affects our whole society today. We run into a lot of people when we're out speaking and so on who say, well, I don't, I don't want to get married. I don't want to take on that responsibility. I don't want to have children because it, you know this is a tough world and I don't want to bring children into it and boy it would make my life so much more complicated I want to preserve my options preserve my independence preserve my freedom I don't want the sacrifice and the responsibility of a family and of other people depending on me and so on and and what they don't realize is that the things that they're avoiding because they think they would be worrisome or problematic or challenging or take away their freedom and so on. The thing, those things that they're avoiding are the very sources of what we're really calling joy, the deepest kind of joy, the feeling, immersing reality of, of life is what joy is. Absolutely. And so often when we're in the depths of despair for one reason or another, um, we just have to realize that this too will pass. Uh, we don't know how it will pass or when it will pass, but and sometimes it takes a lot of patience to get through it, but it really is important to remember that the bottom line is that we are here to feel joy. Sometimes there's joy in pain. I mean, there, it's just really interesting when you think of that as the bottom line. 
we do this little thing with our grandkids called Grandfather's Secrets. Linda has Grammy camps and I have Grandfather's Secrets and they kind of blend into each other. But the number one, there's 10 secrets and the number one secret, all the kids memorize these and it's fun to hear them memorize them when they're little and try to understand what they mean. But the, the number one secret, it goes like this. Joy is the purpose of life and a choice you make. Now, don't think that kids can't understand fairly complicated thoughts. Sometimes they understand them better than, than adults do. And, you know, we had a little thing at the reunion where we had a group of like six and seven-year-olds and we're saying, what does that mean? What does that mean joy is the purpose of life and a choice you make? Well, that's, that's, a, that's advanced philosophy, right? But some of these little kids were so great, you know, like, like little, uh, one of them said, you, you know, that means when I get up and I'm feeling like I have to go to school today and I don't want to go, I can say to myself, no, I like school and I'm going to enjoy school. It's a choice. I can decide whether I want to like it or not. Right. And, you know, on a, sometimes on the most basic level, that's really what it's all about. We can say, I'm going to approach life as a series of challenges and problems, and how am I going to do it, and woe is me, and why does everyone else's life seem better than mine, and why am I the one with these problems and no one else has, and on and on and on. Or we can say, hey, this is what it's all about. Yeah, I think we had no idea when we started on this all those years ago um, because we've been, the first book you ever wrote is called The Discovery of Joy. Yeah, the very first And four levels book. of joy. And had, uh, what, so we've been talking about this for so long and we had no idea the far-reaching effects it would have or it's just gone in directions that's quite remarkable as far as our children. We have, first of all, that we did joy school Right. I mean, we had Joy School. We had so many parents involved in that. And by the way, if you know anybody who have preschoolers who want to teach their children joy and learn a lot of joy themselves, um, go to Joy Schools with an S dot com. And it's all online now. I mean, we would never have imagined that, you know, 20 years ago that we would now have it online. It's so easy to just access the music there, the arts there. Just download the lesson every five or ten minutes. It tells the moms what to do. You just organize your little group of four to six friends and rotate every week. I mean, we had no idea how far that would reach. Well, the thing we didn't have any idea of, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, honey, because, you know, we, we worked hard for a big portion of our lives on setting up this joy school curriculum, this preschool curriculum, and Nearly half a million families have now done it. But we, we always thought, I mean, our focus was always, let's teach children this positive interpretation of life, these social and emotional joys that will help them do better in life. What we didn't anticipate was how meaningful it would be to the parents and how many parents we've had that have written to us and said, hey, uh, in, in teaching my children to, to, to view joy as the purpose of life and to learn these different joys, you know, the social and emotional skills of life. What's really happened is I, as an adult, have realized that that's the way to think about life. That's the way we should try to view life is that 
no matter whether it's dark or light that day, there's an element of joy somewhere if we look for it. Well, and then that has evolved in something that we never could have uh, uh, imagined in our wildest minds that we have a couple of sons and a lot of great people who are now going forward with something that it's... it's Joy School it's English. It's called Joy School <laughs> English. I mean, it's a part of a company called Allegra, but it's they're developing a program to teach English as a foreign language and in schools with little children, little starting with uh, preschool and then kindergarten. And it is So it's an amazing. English teaching program for, for kids in other countries, but it... But the dialogues and the things that you use center around joy and around being happy and around... Well, values and, and what's important values, in life. Right. And when you're teaching English, if you include the values and include um, mental and emotional learning as you do it, it is incredible. And so um, that's uh, that was not in our wildest imagination. No, that, that, I guess what we're realizing even in our... Renewing it in our own minds is that this little three-letter word joy has almost been the theme or the sort of the crux of our whole lives in some ways, and 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 to acknowledge that and think about it even more is a powerful thing. You know, Linda, I ran into I was talking to someone the other day and and who was experiencing a lot of difficulties and problems, and I forget his exact words, but he said something like, "Hey, I didn't sign up for this," or I didn't choose this to have this kind of problem. I didn't choose to, you know, go through what I'm going through right now. And here's the interesting thing. And again, this gets into our belief and our, our faith and our, our, our doctrinal uh, things that we ascribe to. Um, we think we did sign up for this. We believe that, and many of you listeners do, I'm sure, that we didn't originate with our birth or with conception that we came from a pre-mortal life and that in literal fact we did choose this mortality that's what's so interesting about this robert frost poem that we're just being exposed to for the first time trial of existence it's a trial we chose to come and have this trial not because we wanted to heap pain upon ourselves but because we knew that only if we moved away from our heavenly parents and had a chance to live life of our own in a mortal world, only then would we have the variety and the challenge and the differences and the options and the choices that would allow us to have joy. So we did choose it, and we're here, and we're experiencing it, and joy is the right interpretation of it. But let me just uh, reiterate that to get there, it, it's a lot of effort. And you're saying that. It's a lot of hard times. It's a lot of struggle. It's a, I mean, setting up those joy schools, and we talked a little bit about that last week, was really a struggle. Now for joy school English, they are spreading this across the world, but the world is closed. And so they are having to come back local and figure out a way to bring joy to these little children um, through different channels. And I think that's the way our lives are. And this may serve as a segue into next week's podcast or next week's show, Linda, because another theme that's been running through Ayers on the Road lately is, is the idea, the theological, the power of the theological idea that God is really a parental God, that we have heavenly parents, that they send us here to this earth. 
And uh, those of you who are regular listeners know that we did eight different shows on that theme of how powerful it is to think of God not just as a force or a creator or a power, but as a parent. And we're going to go back to that next week, and it's going to tie into what we've just been talking about here today, because we're going to talk about the pre-existence, the pre-mortal existence, where we were spirits, but not with bodies. And we're going to talk about how the joy idea of mortality came about and developed there. And uh, we're going to revert back for the next four weeks to the final thoughts. The, and, and this will tie in with articles that will tell you where to read them on this idea of thinking of God as a parent and the power and the joy that that can give in our lives. So just to wrap this up, we are grateful for your being there. And if you have any preschoolers who might be interested in having a little more joy in their lives, remember joyschools.com. Joyschools with an S. Right. And remember that life is all about joy. Find it this week and explore it. And we'll see you again next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye for now. 